I love having conversations with my friends. They are one of my biggest support systems. One of my closest friends who's been a catalyst for um, a lot of change in my life is a beautiful woman called Reet Sabe. And um, today's podcast, we will be having a conversation about self-awareness and we have a lot of these conversations and they are so good um, that I just felt that maybe we could um, record it today um, so you guys get a chance to have a listen. Hello, Reet. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, I'm very excited to have you here. And it's nice to have, you know, a close friend on the podcast where Aww. we can just talk like we would normally talk about it's certain things. It's going to be a long episode then. Uh, exactly. A mm. very long episode. So listeners, watch out. Um, <laughs> no, I know. We could actually go and talk for hours on these types of topics. I'm very well until, that. Or until what. I get hungry. Or that. Or that. <laughs> yeah, whichever is first. <laughs> so today I wanted the listeners to hear us talk into self-awareness mm-hmm. and, you know, what that means to myself and, and to you. And, you know, I know that we met a good few years ago, but since then our bond has just become deeper and deeper. Yeah. And we've been such a a big catalyst for each other yeah for becoming more self-aware yeah you know lots of aha moments every now and then yeah every time i have something to share we are having a chat and then there it goes oh actually i was thinking and then it followed so 100 percent, i agree with whatever you just said so mm. a lot has happened in the past couple of years that has um taken me to this point where i feel that i'm very self-aware Mm-hmm. not saying that I don't have moments where I'm lost yes but it's just so much easier now to resonate and uh, become aware of them and correct the path mm-hmm. so I'm choosing every step yeah rather than reacting to it mm-hmm. I'm becoming more natural at responding yes things. yeah a hundred percent and it is the choice mm-hmm. you know um for so long I know we've spoken I personally didn't think I had a choice in the way that I felt yeah. And it's now become a choice to how I choose yeah. to respond, you know, because the internal world has been shifting and I've been getting more sure and centered in myself. Yeah, it's that whole choosing not to react but actually mm. responding um from like going inward rather than always reaching on the outskirts of, well, a, of talking all the about outside. the outwards. I was always in that mindset that it's the problem is not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was always at pointing fingers at people around me. I'm like, I can't get this done perfectly because you didn't do your job right. Mm-hmm. Or I can't go to sleep because you were the one snoring loudly next to me. Mm-hmm. So it is always about associating things and finding ways of blaming things. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that's the right word to choose no, here. It's, it's true. But I haven't really known anything different to that for good 30 years of my life of my Mm. being on this planet um some of the things they resonate with my cultural uh upbringing Mm -hmm. and how you are just never good enough Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're always constantly trying to push boundaries and you know become the better version of yourself Mm -hmm. but then you get so caught up in that thought in that ideology that you actually forget it's okay sometimes to just sit down 
and take that failure that's not entirely you mm -hmm. because you did your best. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. That's, that's how I think I um, got lucky to tap into being self-aware. And mm. um, what what is self awareness to you? What would you say self awareness? Oh wow, is to you? it's a very broad term, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> there are so many things that are interrelated or synonym to this, like yeah, the ability of letting go. Mm. It's a big one. To appreciate, mm. um, and just being present. Yeah. I think these three are the major ones that speak to me nicely. Yes. It's a much more gentle approach to, you yeah. know, there's a lot of <clears throat> what I find is for self-awareness for myself personally, it was this transition from going from a very critical self-judgment mentality mm -hmm. <laughs> to then a very self-love mentality mm -hmm. of being very gentle in my response to how I th would think yeah. or how I would feel. Because it used to be like, oh, I mean, if I if I explained to you some of my self-talk back in the day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was honestly, I wouldn't even speak to my worst enemy. Not that I even have worst enemies, but I wouldn't even talk to someone I really may not agree with or whatever in, in that way at isn't, all. Isn't that interesting that we talk so poorly to ourselves? Mm. Um, it is really heartbreaking the moment that you understand what you are doing to yourself. Yeah. Um, but again, hey, it is all about, everybody has their journey. It is about being that better person and you now understand it is happening again mm -hmm. and correcting yourself. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about that bit today, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So That's it. Yeah, well done. Pat on your back for that first. Oh, thank you. For being able to self-love. Mm, and you too. I mean, becoming self-aware is an act of self-love in itself, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think for me, it was more tapping into the thing that changed it was the way I spoke to myself and it, yeah. it was a lot more gentle and yeah. a lot more, um, You're not kind. Enough, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was actually, how could a, you eat that? Yeah. How could you sleep in late? Yeah. How could you like all those fill in the blanks after that? All of that, and then I think I've just become a really good reframer for myself. Mm. And reframing is basically turning something that, let's say, I'm not good enough, and then re reframing it into I am good enough. Yeah. Um, and you, then, would you resonate? Would this feeling um, resonate with you too? When I say the minute you become more self-aware, it's becoming more of a second nature to auto-correct yourself. You mm -hmm. feel like there's a lot of burden that's lifted off your shoulders. Hundred percent. You're not just spending this unnecessary energy mm. in that mind. Yeah. Because it's not that you are trying not to do that, but it is just that it doesn't doesn't bother you anymore. Mm -hmm. Massively. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's, your time is filled up with so much more gratitude, like you said, appreciation, being where you are, being mm. present. And I think coming from the critical mind and then realising actually the one thing that I think was lacking was the fact that I wasn't connecting with my heart every day. Mm. And the heart-centeredness mm -hmm. part of it is really um, it, to, to be heart-centered and to understand that there is something beyond the physical realm, something greater that yeah. connects us all together. When you connect with that place, yeah, it's you, you can become the observer you, of your thinking and you can start to realize that, oh, this is a really cool quote that I love to use, and it is, 
If we are the observer of our thinking, how can we be it? Wow. Could you say that again? <laughs> if you, if we are the observer of our thinking, mm-hmm. how can we be it? Meaning if we can get into a heart-centered place mm-hmm. or become aware of our own thinking process, becoming aware means that we're separate from the thought. Hmm. So to ask ourselves the question, yeah, how, how can I be my thinking if I'm watching it? Yeah. What's watching? I think with by being the observer, it's also so much easier to pay part nicely. Mm. Because otherwise you're just so caught up in that one thought mm-hmm. which plays like a unended tape. Yeah. Don't even know if that's the word or not. Mm-hmm. But it just keeps on playing in a loop yep. in your head mm-hmm. and you don't know where to escape from. Yeah. Unless you can be that observant yeah. and you know where to take exit. Mm. It's very true. And I mean, the cycles that I know you and I have been through in terms of our mental conditioning of that loop of like (laughs) and and the only reason why our brains continue to stay in a loop is because our brain needs to know the reason why something is there in order for it to let it go yeah so if it doesn't understand the lesson that's why with relationships you know people can't get over certain people or like you know they're just heartbroken or they're hurt whatever it is and they keep repeating the same patterns just in their next relationships the reason why is because they've not yet understood the lessons or the reasons why that oh, yeah. person was in their life. That's big thing. And the mm. universe will keep on playing those episodes over and over again in mm-hmm. your life until you understand yeah. how you need to respond yeah. in that situation and not react. Yes. The minute you do, all of a sudden it's a bubble that would bust around you. Mm. And you will see the world in a whole new, with a whole new vision. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. whole new world. It's like a, it's like a, um, like a veil, you know? Yeah. Well, I like to think of it as, I used to explain this as like, I used to have lots of clouds <laughs> yeah. above my head and my mind was always clouded Yeah. and it used to rain a lot <laughs> and it doesn't rain as much anymore. And when it does, it's fine. You yeah. know, it's going to happen. We're all yeah. human, but it's like the, the, the clouds started to move one by one and now there's like the sunshine is peeking through and it's a clear day. That's how I feel. And would you agree that happened because you became an observant and you're like, yes, I know you are there. (laughs) And then they start moving away Mm. rather than you being sitting there and being all upset and throwing tantrums at them. I hate you for Mm -hmm. being there. And the more you do that, the cloudier it gets. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is actually the more that we focus on thought and the more attention we give mm. something, the greater and the bigger it becomes. Yeah. And we also create resistance because we're not accepting. If we just were able to actually watch <laughs> and observe and yep. accept the thoughts, we can go in with, oh, yeah. one, one really good thing I learned from Louise L. Hay, she's a, a woman, yep. one of big starters around self-love and, and, what I learned from her is always to ask yourself or say to yourself, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. Like, thank you for sharing. So you're acknowledging it, but you're also allowing it to, you know, fall away. 
And then the next thought comes, and then the next thought comes. Yeah. It's never ending. Our brain will never stop, but I guess it's... Well, we don't really want it to stop, do we? <laughs> exactly. You know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello, heaven. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. but no, they will keep on coming. It is just about practicing a few things in your life that will help you stay sane. Yeah. Um, and become more connected to your true self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What does the true self mean to you? What do you, what's your take on that? The definition has changed a lot mm-hmm. um, in the last decade, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very start, I remember um, true self was more about what my parents perceived me to be. Mm. That was what I thought is my true self like because they are my parents and they know me the most. Yeah. So whatever they say, I would just blindly follow. And there was very little intelligence involved from my brain mm. um, to validate anything. So whatever they said, um, and they did good. Like they're good parents, don't take me wrong. Mm. And I love them. But I was so lost mm. because I was always living a life being somebody else. Yes. Not being me. Yes. And because my mom's such a perfectionist and I thought that was just a thing that every human should do mm-hmm. and I need to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And trying to live up to that term, I have done so much self-damage mm-hmm. because I did not appreciate and accept myself for who I was. Yeah. And then it came to a point where your body just reaches to that saturation and you're like, that's it, I give up. Yeah. Like, And you find that redefined or that um, newly formed image of yourself Mm -hmm. and that's when my meaning changed Mm -hmm. so now I accept for who I am I'm fat it's okay I accept the fat me I'm bloated I I accept the bloated me if I'm happy sad whoever I am in that moment yeah I accept that yes and I think that acceptance helps me to love myself truly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going from that conditioned thinking to, you know, what you feel that you have to be. And like, as in like a really old story, because mm. it is an old story mm. of, of and something that we've been played over and over again from a very young age. Yeah. To then going, oh, I choose actually <laughs> to... Can I do that? I can be me. Are you serious? <laughs> Who is this person? I've yes. never known him and, or her. Yeah, and then you go into this loop of like, oh, my gosh, this whole time I've just been resisting just being me. Yeah. Because I was so in the need of approval from others. Yeah. All the time. But, yeah, I know. If I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm walking, I, know. I am just trying to please somebody else. Yeah. And there would be occasions when you come across or meet people who are very um, content in who they are mm. and they're actually not doing anything of those sorts. And you're like, how could you be like that? Mm. You know. And then you try to be the better person or, or that being mean to them. And then you throw in stuff like, oh, well, let me just see what pushes their button, like being that annoying little kid. Mm. <laughs> you want to see what pushes your mom's button. Mm. And you try all those practices and they still don't give up. You're like... There's something really wrong with that person. Mm. And they don't live up to your standards of being perfectionist of the things that you feel like other people. For example, um, if you are eating something 
and in Indian culture, it's very common to eat with your hands. Yeah. But how you eat with your hands is also very important. Like mm-hmm. it shouldn't get into your nails and all that stuff. Like you yeah. need to have a very tidy plate afterwards. Um, and what hand you eat with and all that. So all your life, you have been told that constantly it has to be in a certain way. To the point that it is like programmed and you are mm-hmm. doing that naturally. And then one day you meet a person who is a really messy eater. Yeah. And you're like, how is that okay with that person? Mm. That's just not good enough. Yeah. If I have lived in hell <laughs> for correcting that, they deserve that too. <laughs> this is how I have yeah, spent I some days. And yeah. it, is, it just makes, it breaks my heart. And it is not an easy thing to say. But I have been that person where I have been so judgmental yeah. um, to certain people, how they represent themselves. That. Yeah. I was just annoyed that how con- content yeah. they are. Yeah, <laughs> and how exactly. Could you? <laughs> and and that's the other point that I would love to talk into because sure. with self awareness, we realise that actually everything starts with us. Correct. So whatever annoys us, whatever triggers us, mm. is generally because there's something about it oh, that yeah. we've not yet healed and yeah. seen within ourselves. Oh, so, yeah. it, like you said, that person. That's fine that they're eating that way. Now you can accept that. Yeah. But you were so in your own judgment of yourself <laughs> that you felt the need to do that. It to... was 24-7. Yeah. yeah I, I was such a judgmental person. <laughs> yeah. Of yourself, though. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, I don't think you are naturally a judgmental person. And it's very oh. evident now as well. I think it's uh, something that when we play within our critical mind... Mm. There is a lot of judgment there if it's not if a lot of things haven't been healed. Mm. So, yeah. And and now, and, how would you say that you know you are as a person now when it comes to people? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. So mm. I would really like to take this name here, um, Eckhart Tolle, the yes. power of now. Yes. Man, that book changed my perception of life. Yeah, me too. Um, I have heard listen um super soul sundays with oprah yes like all those series i've been listening them hearing them like i would have podcasts playing in the background so you know i'm trying to subconsciously change the wiring of my mind yes but that book of a katol and i can't thank him enough Mm -hmm. changed my world for me yes nothing else around me changed everything is still the same but just the way how I perceive things is yeah. okay. Yes. What's my perfect is not your perfect mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. And I think I have become more humble and I, I have become more appreciative of people around me for who they are. Yes. And rather than tr- making them my version of them. Mm-hmm. And like really, how many reads can the world handle, right? <laughs> There is only one me. There's only one mate. There's and, only one. <laughs> and I believe one's enough. It's beautiful. And so, it wouldn't be unique if there was more. Yeah. So I think the minute I was unable to decipher this, um, there was just lots of love. Yeah. In my body, in my mind, that was flowing through, and it wasn't just fair to you know be the older self. Mm-hmm. That moment in that time, I think I found the better version of myself, yes. and I loved it. Mm. And I think I've been seeing the world with very different glasses since then. Yeah, and I like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I did not get them from Specs. <laughs> <laughs> You sure? Not one yeah. of the other? Mm-hmm. No, no, okay. Not not OPSM. No, I was about to say OPSM. Yeah, no, I do no. like their frames though. <laughs> <laughs> but no, these ones are from Mr. Ekato. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. I like it, it. It really is about what lens do we choose to wear? And that that's, I feel, with coming back to that self-awareness piece, yeah, what are you choosing? What am I choosing every day? Yeah. To to be miserable? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you what are you choosing to be miserable or and I'm not saying that, you know, I personally have suffered from mental illness, so I'm not going to say that, that is not a thing. Oh yeah. But what I'm saying is that the moment I actually started, that was probably the time when I was really, really, really low in my depression, mm. that was the time that I actually said to myself, um, you know, Rachel, <laughs> yeah. you need to fight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was like you need to fight, meaning not fight a war, but actually, you know what, it was you a war at, at the war. time. Yeah. I was literally in an in internal war with myself. It was almost like a tennis match, a really, like, really fast-paced tennis match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I made that decision to go, Rachel, every single day you are going to choose. And as hard as it was and as hard as that tennis match was every day, I kept going and going and going and going. And I actually had a vision that one day in the future mm. that things would be better and that my mind would be clearer. And it would be more simple. And I, I now am at a point in my life, like 11 years later, where I can honestly say, like, I'm at a point where my mind is clear. Mm. Like, as in, I'm not saying that I'm forever, forever <laughs> great and, oh, my gosh. But I'm at a point where I actually don't have an internal war as often. Yeah. You know, and or even I, if there is, it's, yeah. it's far much easier and quicker for you to pull out the white flag. Yes, Exactly. Whereas it could have potentially taken me months on end before. And then every time... This is so interesting, Rachel, because mm. it feels like we, we are actually constantly at, at war with ourselves. Mm. All these thoughts that keep coming up in our mind and how long you stay in that loop. Yeah. It decides how long the war is going to be. Yeah, yeah. And about, sometimes it yeah. is more of just a bickering, which is what ideally we would prefer mm. rather than a war. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, changing the word war, what else could it be? What else could we call that? Because, I mean, I don't feel like I'm at war anymore. But I know what you're saying, as mm. in, like, that that battle. But it's like, how could that even be gentler again? Mm. You know what I mean? How, how could we turn that into... Could it not just be a phone call to yourself? <laughs> it could be. But the the word battle, what's another word for that that's a bit... I'm not the good Toing and throwing. Right, anyway, no. it's something to think about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your listeners As... can leave you comments <laughs> if they think of something more suitable. You know? Yeah, I'm just trying to think from a self-love perspective how it could be a little bit gentle because, yeah, it is though. It is definitely, you know what, it's the, for me, I would say it's the mind versus heart. Hmm. So am I in my head space or am I in my heart space? And so rather than go, oh, my God, I'm at war, it's like, oh, 
which space are you choosing to be in right now, Rachel? Are you choosing to live from your head mm. or are you choosing to live from your heart? And it's that, you know, am I the master of my mind and, it, and it's used as a tool or is my mind my master? And that's another thing. It's like how much before the mind used to take the front seat and the heart used to take the back seat and now it's like, mate, you are used as a tool. You're finally married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now they can have that healthy, um, you know, yeah. um, talks with each other. What, exactly. What do we call the argument, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a healthy, healthy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, yeah, it's now integrated is probably the word. Yeah. That nice. integration of um, like a healthy versus unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now allowing the heart to take the front seat. Yeah. Hmm. Do you keep on changing the drivers or it is always the heart? I have to make a conscious effort to make it my heart every day. I think I'm, I'm a naturally heart-centered person, mm. but definitely um, it's a conscious effort to do that. Yeah. What about you? I think I keep on changing them. So it's... So I do have a third driver. Mm-hmm. I have brain as well sometimes. So what what, it, okay, what three are there? So I've got my mind, mm-hmm. my heart, and my brain. Mm. When I say my brain, I feel like most of my conditioning is saved in my brain and my mind. Okay, yes. And So your mind is your thinking. Yeah, that's your, how I see it. And your brain is your my conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> can't be yours but yeah that's my conditioning yeah um, because certain things i need to do like my work ethics or mm. my values yeah all those things i feel like they are stored in my brain yes i hear what you're saying um and sometimes they my brain does have to take the seat mm-hmm. uh, for driving the car and keeping it back on track mm-hmm. but i don't let it drive for long yeah. Once its work is done, work is done, I do then have to um, share the seat actually with both mind and heart mm. to make sure they're both in sync. So it's not one versus the other. Yes. Yeah. But I want them both to be at the seat mm. at the same time. Now, this sounds really bad the way how it's coming up. No, don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> it's perfect. Everyone's got their own way. Mm. That's that's. And I, I have a very complicated way of looking at things, but it makes perfect sense for me anyway. So That's, it's working for me. Yeah, um, to exactly. choose your own version of whoever <laughs> your driver is. Um, yeah, exactly. I do feel like ever since I've started to, you know, put put my brain on a very like five to ten minutes of roster for when it is going to be driving and have my mind and my heart taking over the controls. Yes. Um it's a much smoother ride. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless of what the path is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Well, what, what a topic of conversation, I hey? I know. We can go wherever you want from here. What, what did you, did you want to talk into anything else? I'm not sure if we touched base upon this, but how being in the present helped me with my anxiety. Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Because... So I've spent a lot of time living in the future, trying to prove myself to to the society, to people that matter to me, and live a completely different life. Mm -hmm. 
and which is causing which, anxiety, right? Which was um, causing a lot of anxiety, and I couldn't sleep well, or there would be months or days where I would prefer to rather be in my bed and sleep and not get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know what it was, and I really just thought it was the food habits I had were causing it, but I didn't really um, tap into that deep meaning or the reason behind why it was happening. And because I was always living far ahead in the future or what happened in the past, I always missed out that key element mm. of what I'm doing now and what is in my control in this moment rather than paying too much attention upon if I did something, what impact or what would the other person think about me. Mm-hmm. So when I started Focusing more upon being here, being now, having this breath, sitting here and just doing everything in this moment that's in my control. It slowly and steadily helped me uh, move away from Mm -hmm. the reasons that were causing a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Is that something that That you would have done or you do or you experience as well? Absolutely. I I was riddled with anxiety. Actually, what the biggest thing about anxiety I realised was being a very sensitive uh, sensitive to energy and mm-hmm. sensitive to people around mm-hmm. me from a very young age. I actually didn't know what was mine and what was everyone else's. Oh, Meaning yeah. um, it wasn't just the fact that I had expectations on myself because I had perfectionist issues in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that not good enough and all that. So there was yeah. definitely that. But then there was this other level of, you know, being quite intuitive, not really knowing what I was picking up on mm-hmm. and how I truly felt as well. So mm-hmm. it was also that that part of it. Mm-hmm. And now having a clearer mind, I can sort of go, oh, okay, I can see how that's mine and I can see where I picked that up from someone, you know. Yeah. when it, And, you know, it can be as quick as someone, you know, has a, I have a client or something. Mm-hmm. And they walk in and I get this rush come through me right away. And it's like, oh, where'd that come from? Like, I wasn't feeling like that before. Mm. Um, so I guess it's, yeah, I had probably two things that I really, that caused my anxiety. But yeah. definitely that whole being present is, it's so the key. Yeah. Do you do that counting five, four, three, two, one in your head quietly as well? No, no that's a good one though. I, I, do, I, do I think I learned that from um, Mel. Mm. And I can't think of her last name. Is it Mel Robbins? I'm not sure. I don't know which Mel you're talking about. It's going to bug me now because okay. she, um, she has been on the impact theory and she talks about how she was going through a really rough patch and mm-hmm. she hit the rock, rock bottom mm-hmm. to the point she wouldn't even get out of the bed. But then she put her alarm on only to find herself snoozing every morning. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't healthy and she wanted to cut or break from that cycle. So then she told herself, fine, if the alarm's going off in five seconds, you have to get up and there's no option to hit snooze. Mm-hmm. So then she would count those five, four, three, two, one, and up. Yeah. Yeah. And Actually, I there. think I may have heard of yeah. who you're talking about, but I don't know her surname. Sorry, but yeah. that's okay. Um, um, but um, in those moments, I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I mm. don't have any anxiety. No, but, of course not. Um, yeah. I, I guess just by using that technique, 
it has helped me to focus my energy and mm. be more present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That helps me. Yeah. Another thing that helps me is breathing. Mm. So taking a really big, deep breath and then counting like one, two, three, but doing odd numbers. So breathing in for three ah. and then actually breathing out for two. Right. And so that my mind is actually concentrating on the counting. Yeah. Um, and the other part was listening into music and because I had a lot of issues feeling my feelings. Mm. So listening and putting on my favorite music, like violin, for example, or wow. yeah, because the violin really, I feel into the violin. Yeah. Uh, anything that allows me to feel back into my body. And it's very important to listen to that right kind of music when you're feeling that mm. low because music carries another kind of energy it Absolutely. could actually make you like cry sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i didn't know the first time it happened to me i was like what is happening I like know. i'm already feeling low and now i can't stop crying mm -hmm. like why and then i read it somewhere that that's why it's very important to have your own music yes so you can you know turn on your spirit and you're happy yes uh, happy music notch is... yeah Music is a huge part of the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. And if you choose, again, that word choose, you can actually change your state really easily. Change your station, you mean? No, state. <laughs> no, Changing. Like station. I, oh, yeah, and your, yeah. Oh, got you. Oh, your frequency. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, we could keep going. Um, <laughs> but I think that's about time now. Mm -hmm. um, as always, oh. I love talking to you. Oh. Thank you. Likewise. And yeah. thank you very much for having me on your show. I oh, hope some of these thank things that coming. I have, um, you know, spoken about will help your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I have no doubt at all. And you bring such energy with you. And I love that. And you too. Thanks, Annie.